Hello, and welcome to the Box in One podcast, a podcast discussing sports and culture through the lens of the gospel. My name is John Richards, and I'm your co-host today, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Lassiter. Welcome to episode 12 of the Box in One podcast, where we discuss Christ, sports, and culture through the lens of the gospel. I'm your co-host, John Richards, and I'm with my boy, C. Lass. We're missing one of our members of the team. He's hanging out at the beach with the fam. Shout out to Jay Hart. Wish we were at the beach with you, but we got to do this podcast because some big news happened this week, and we want to make sure we start with that news. I got a feeling you're going to say a lot of stuff Jay Hart wouldn't agree with right off the top of the podcast. Of course, man. Of course. Because... The big fundamental, number 21, the most boring player in the history of the NBA, but he's still my boy because he has five rings, retired this past weekend. And it was a sad day in the Richards household. I made sure my son understood what that meant for the game of basketball. I made sure that he lamented with me that he still remained a San Antonio Spurs fan and that he understands that we just saw one of the greatest basketball players of all time retire from the game of basketball. Yes, we're talking about Tim Theodore Duncan. My boy, Mr. Five Titles, multiple MVPs, and I'm just I'm just saying, okay? I think this guy actually might be the best player of his generation. Yes, a generation that includes Kobe and Shaq. The other day, Shaq himself actually did say that Tim Duncan might be one of the best players of his generation. And he might have said that he was the best player of his generation. So, I'm grateful for the years I've seen him play the past 19 years of watching him play basketball. See last, I need you to show Tim Duncan some love, man. Tell me what you most appreciated about the homie Tim Duncan. What do I appreciate the most? Uh, I think it's just, I mean, it has to be his consistency, right? Um, Done what's best for his organization. He started as number 21 for the Spurs. He ended as number 21 for the Spurs. He stayed four years in college with Dave Odom at Wake. He restructured his contract. He deferred to other teammates. He won five rings, but not five finals MVPs. Um, He's been the superstar when he's needed to be the superstar, and he's played more of a role-player role in other times when they didn't need as much from him, and he's done it all without complaining he's represented the league very well i think you can make an argument i'd love to hear your point he's the greatest spur ever would we on that there's no there's no question that he's the greatest spur I mean, ever pretty good too who was that david robinson's pretty good too of course but i mean david robinson won his first title when tim duncan came into the league and do we know who won That's, the MVP that year? The finals MVP. Who? Timmy? When they won the final? When they won the finals? Yes, sir. Yeah. 
So we got him as greatest spur ever. Is he the most humble superstar ever? The most humble? Uh, yes. Yes. I mean, I guess I would say so. Listen, I mean, you mentioned this. This guy took a significant pay cut to keep his team relevant, not only for the years that he was going to be there, but also set them up for success in the future. He didn't take, and I'm not, this isn't really a direct hit against Kobe, but it, it is. Yeah, it is. He, did, <laughs> he didn't. You know, Jay Hart's not here to defend himself. $24 million, man, and pretty much handcuffed the entire organization. And I'm pretty sure Jay Hart would agree. We can talk about this next week just briefly at the beginning, but seriously. Tim Duncan took far less money in order for them to have LaMarcus Aldridge now and Kawhi Leonard both locked up, locked up on significant deals, and they still have money to sign Pal Gasol. So they're still set even after losing their franchise, quote-unquote franchise player. Now, the Lakers, on the other hand, they got your boy in the summer league over there talking about he got ice water in his veins out there with his hooligans, Mr. <laughs> Russell. I don't know why, but I just don't like that guy. But that's that's neither here nor there. I'm just saying he has to be the most humble superstar. I mean, the dude was unassuming, didn't say much, came to work every day. And he's proof that boring actually can win championships. I don't care about ratings. Like, I really just like fundamental basketball. And that's why I was... So here, that's why I like TD. All right. So here, here's the thing. You're not telling me. Well, you probably would. Nobody else. You tell any of your objective friends outside of the Spurs. Is it was there ever a time when you would have paid money to see Tim Duncan over Shaq or Kobe? Paid money? You know, yes. we listen. You you know we've had this conversation, right? I said your friends. I didn't say you. <laughs> My friends probably would not, and they always give me a crazy tough time about the fact that that's my favorite player, that's my favorite team. Like they call me playing vanilla John because I just like playing vanilla stuff, but it gets results, man. Like this guy knows how to play the game of basketball. He really does. So I don't care about playing Jane. I don't care about guys who go out and score 81 points in a game against Toronto. That really isn't relevant. That was an amazing game. It was. And I actually have a DVD of that game. I don't know why. Um, I should have threw it in the in the pyre and lit it on <laughs> fire. But, you know, I'm not really a big stats guy. Like, I'd rather see people make those intangible, you know, in, impacts on the court as opposed to getting 82 and 6. Yeah. Here's, here's the difference, man. Like, it's hard to argue against Tim Duncan. Like, you just feel bad if you say anything about him that's not positive. So, you kind of got us all trapped, Jay Rich. Like, you really <laughs> get, like a LeBron Kobe or a LeBron Jordan argument. Like, you just Bes can't say nothing bad about Tim Duncan. Besides the fact that he probably had the war the worst wardrobe in the league. Like, this dude would wear <laughs> jean shorts everywhere, like... He'd be wearing like cut off jean shorts, those plaid shirts, and plaid shirts. He was just, you know, that's just Timmy, man. 
I definitely am going to miss him. I might have shed a couple of tears, man, but I wanted to make sure we start this podcast right by. How'd you find out? Man, I found out when someone texted me these words. Did Tim call you? Tim did not call me, but I did. Did he call you and say, hey, you might want to cut on the news? Did he shoot you a text? I got a text from Kawhi, and all it said was GOAT. And I was like, GOAT? What does that mean? And I was like, oh, no. I looked on ESPN and I saw that he retired. I was like, wow, man. One of the, the greatest, man. The best player of his generation. I can't wait until J.R. comes back so we I could just lay into him about uh, Tim being way better than Kobe. I got stats, man. I got stats. So that's going to be a fun conversation. How about that? That goes Kobe's <laughs> way. Of course, man. Of course. Obviously, we want to stay in the realm. All in one night. <laughs> we want to stick around in the realm of sports, uh, but we we want to head over to the ESPY awards that happened this past weekend. And plenty of athletes got awards. John Cena hosted it. I saw his opening monologue. It was a little bit awkward. Um, I thought they probably they probably that's putting it lightly. <laughs> they probably should have gone with uh, somebody who actually knows comedy. But uh, shout out to John Cena for stepping out of his comfort zone. It's all good. What we did see at the SB Awards was a couple of great speeches, man. Some some good conversations, especially surrounding race and the issues that we've been dealing with over the past couple of weeks. And But we want to start with someone who won an award but didn't really talk ab- about the issues. But her team s- was solid in their activism on the court and it caused something to happen up in the land of 10,000 lakes. We're talking about Maya Moore, probably one of the best basketball players in the WNBA. Her and her teammates decided to wear t-shirts after everything that happened last week that had on the front change starts with us on the, and on the back, it had the, names of the victims who were shot by police officers and it had a badge for the Dallas police officers who lost their lives as well. And then at the bottom of the shirt, it said black lives matter. Now, after seeing that shirt, a group of off duty police officers who normally serve as security at their arena decided to walk out on their paycheck. They didn't want to get them checks if they were going to be wearing no shirts. So the conversation surrounding that was, wow, they made a statement and then the police turned around and made a statement. But it's really cool to see athletes, um, especially an entire team, actually come together unified to address these social issues. What do you, what did you think about what the links did, man? Yeah, I think um, at sometimes like, being willing to be active means taking a risk, man. And um, <clears throat> like, I think anyone, um, if you're just going one way or the other, if you just got hashtag Black Lives Matter last week, or you just have hashtag Blue Lives Matter, like it's going to come across as really insensitive to a group of grieving people. Um, I love Maya Moore, whether she's hanging out with Uncle Drew or just balling out in the WNBA or in the Olympics or in college, she's just one at every level. <coughs> um, and I respect her. And I thought um, 
I thought the shirts were balanced. Um, I think the police might have had like taken offense to some of the remarks, shirt, but it had a badge on the shirt, and um, thought they were just expressing their right to. Um, I guess it wasn't speech in that regards, but just freedom of expression. But I didn't feel like they were trying to intentionally be malicious towards cops. I don't think if you ask any of the athletes on that team that they would say cops aren't a necessary part of our society. And I just I applaud them for using their platform. Yeah, I agree. And you know one thing that I think that if they had not had that last line on the shirt, it might not have been a problem for some of the officers. Because those three words, Black Lives Matter, have a ton of baggage, quote unquote, associated with them. And when people read that, they immediately dismiss everything else. So, you know, had they not had that on there, maybe it would have turned out differently. But I also applaud them for, you know, taking a stand and making sure that people knew that they stood with all the victims and that they were interested in some sort of change happening. So shout out to the Minnesota Lynx for stepping their game up. Speaking of stepping their game up, Carmelo, CP3, Chris Paul, your boy LeBron and Dwayne Wade actually gave a speech at the ESPYs that was filled with, um, you know, just the idea that athletes need to do more need to do their part. And they also talked about past activism from people like Jesse Owens to Muhammad Ali to others and applauded their efforts and saying, and, and then said, turned around introspectively and said, Hey, we got to do more. Now we've seen LeBron in the past, you know, with the, the hoodie photo for Trayvon Martin, we've seen him wear the, I can't breathe t-shirt, but, on this night, on one of the nights where athletes come together, they all decided they were going to deliver that message. And I think it came across pretty well. What do you think? Yeah. And um, I couldn't agree more. I love the fact, again, just like Maya Moore, whose platform might not be as large as some of those, um, just saying, hey, I have a platform and I want to be careful, but I don't want to be so careful that I'm not willing to speak out about things that need to be spoken about. And um, as I'm listening to that, I'm like, this is perfect. Which, uh, it made me wanna ask you this question. <clears throat> Do you think just the current generation of athletes that we see are getting it right? Especially when you talk about the basketball player, does and rarely ever read about them getting in trouble for anything. If someone has a problem with it, it's usually something sports related in their performance. Um, they're willing to speak out against causes. They're still taking their deals, but it doesn't seem like money is the driving force in everything. Um, <clears throat> so I've just appreciated how this generation has approached sports and using their leverage. And I was just curious, do you feel like this generation of athletes especially related to basketball is getting it right. Um, you know, I would say Draymond Green says hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready to call him a superstar yet. You're not. 
You're not. He he may be top ten, top fifteen. Um, and you know that this incident this past week with in Michigan was uh was one where he got arrested. So when you said that, I started to think about okay, are there any superstars who really are not who get in trouble all the time? And you're right, I can't really think of any. It seems like most of them. I'm not sure if it's because the fear of losing an, an endorsement or if it's because they feel like that they are supposed to be those model citizens and supposed to be amb- ambassadors for the NBA. So I think to some degree, I would say, yes, they, they, they're they getting it right in terms of making sure that they stay above board in their behavior. Uh, the only other thing I would say is what, I mean, I'm not sure what it looks like for them to be activists in terms of getting it right. I mean, Ali, like really, really stood against the establishment to the to the neglect of winning a title, you know, um, facing all types of stuff. But I'm not sure if there's any economic um, any type of economic wipeout that could happen for them speaking up on these particular issues in terms of any of the brands telling them that we're going to drop you now. So you wonder like, Hey, do these athletes have a line where they say, I'll be an activist until it hurts. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because right now, like I'm not losing anything, you know, um, I'm sure some people just are kind of like, I wish you'd be quiet about that. Just play basketball. We just want to cheer for you on the court. Mm. We don't want to hear you speak about social issues. But it's not hurting a paycheck, you know, Um, It's not hurting an endorsement. A lot of the times when you look at um, Muhammad Ali, it was till it hurts. You know, when Mm -hmm. you look at other athletes, Jackie Robinson, I read his biography, autobiography last summer, maybe earlier this year. before I got my library card back, I had to sit in the library and actually read it. Um, <laughs> that's another story, but you're talking about just a player who's called Monkey. Every time he leaves the dugout and an opposing field, like he played, like he opened the door, but it hurt. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm sure there will be some pushback, but it'll be minor. And it'll be curious to say, as they've done the right thing, so many cases, like, will they continue to if it starts to hurt? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that would be the big question mark. But I, I definitely applaud the links. I applaud those four gentlemen for speaking up and talking about the issue because they have a platform. And, you know, that platform has a certain level of responsibility, especially culturally in our community. When people hear that and hear them saying that, then they um, are inclined to also do something or do better as our community says. So um, hopefully that spurs action from, from other folks. So kudos to those four. All of them aren't my favorite players. Mine just retired, (laughs) but um, (laughs) you know, good for them, man. Good for them. So we want to move on to a topic that we think is going to be an amazing experience for everyone who attends Next week, between July 21st and 23rd, here in my city, Chi-Town, we're going to be hosting the Legacy Conference here. 
And the Legacy Conference is basically an urban discipleship conference. Um, the organization who puts it on is a life-on-life -life discipleship organization. So they equip leaders um, across the country with resources for discipleship. And I will be attending. Your boy C-Last will be attending. And we're going to be headlined, at least at the conference, by voices like Art Azurdia, H.B. Charles, and Emilio, and a ton of other leading voices in um, the Christian space. So it should be a cool experience, man. I'm looking, I really am looking forward to it. I'm actually going to be teaching a workshop in the hermeneutics track, which is basically biblical interpretation. I'll be teaching on historical context and on word study. So if you need some tools for hermeneutics, stop by and holler at your boy at the conference. I'll be teaching on Friday afternoon. So Mr. Exegesis. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it, man. It should be should be fun. Should be fun. So um I know you're coming up, man. What what do you look forward to most about legacy or what do you appreciate most about the legacy conference? For me, it just feels like a family reunion um, of gospel people. And my wife's coming with me. And so it's a road trip. We did this for our anniversary. We were married. We'll have we'll be 15 years just on the other side of legacy. Wow. So this is a great way to celebrate our anniversary. We did it for year number 10. So it's been a while since we've done it. Wow. So um, that's that town. So, Jay, you got to tell us where to eat, man. I got a couple of spots. I got a couple of spots for y'all, man. I definitely will. We'll give y'all some um, some Chantal cuisine so y'all can y'all can hit it up, man. I went somewhere a couple of weeks ago and had some ribs and they were ridiculous. They were great. Um, so yeah, shout out the Cross Movement for for coming coming back and uh, doing the little anniversary. So this is the tenth year for for Legacy, so it's pretty big. Uh, Cross Movement will be in town doing a reunion concert, and your boy Lacrezy will be doing a book signing on Saturday at the Legacy Fest. So it should be good, man. I'm looking forward to it. Love teaching. I love being around the people. I think my favorite part of it is the worship and being able just to see a sea of faces that don't look like each other worshiping our creator. It just, you know, it's that picture of the multicultural church coming together and worshiping God. And um, it really is a, a just a great experience. So looking forward to it. Legacy 2016 yeah. be in the building. How tall are you? How tall am I? Six three, six four. On some days, it depends. Don't don't sit in front of me. No man, I can't see the words. I, I am. Can't see the words of the song. I am. You just gotta lift your hands and lift your head. Nah, six four. You got you got to scoot to the back, bro. <laughs> we got we gotta hit you with that Rosa Parks. I'm gonna be right in the middle. That's that's my that's my <laughs> sweet spot, man. Right in the middle of the of the congregation. That's what I'm talking about. Got got you. But um, maybe we will get a chance. I don't know what that holds. I don't know what my wife will want to do when we're there. But we definitely got to hook up in person at some point while we're there. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, man. Got to do that. Got to do that. So I'll be seeing the Lassiters, I'm sure. Got to. Now we are in our segment of the show called Sorry We Missed That. And um, this is also an allusion to the SB Awards that just happened. 
um, because a and you really want to talk about this one, right? Yeah. So Xavier Dobson, man. And so just from my background, um, <clears throat> I, I did campus ministry with a ministry called Young Life, where I worked at my old high school and just got to walk alongside kids right about Xavier's age, help them process the gospel and also teach them what it meant to be leaders in their high school. And we had um, a saying that we always used and um, <clears throat> it was leadership is taking initiative for the benefit of others. And so we just wanted our kids to always be about making their high school better. Like we want you to be leaders who make the high school better for the kids around you. It's kind of like the picture of the church. It exists for the people outside of the walls of the church. And so that was a big thing to us. And so December 17th, 2015, Knoxville, Tennessee, <clears throat> he uses his body as a human shield during a shooting. And he saves the lives of two girls at his own expense. <clears throat> and I just think um, not only is that incredibly brave, and I'm so glad he was honored at the ESPYs, but it's also such a picture of our gospel. Um, somebody had to take those bullets. Somebody had to pay the price for sin, but somebody stepped in and said, no, this time you live and I'll, I'll bear the weight of that. And so, um, incredible, incredible story. And I was glad that ESPN's award show took the time to honor that young man. Yeah. And that's great, man. I mean, what an honor to win the author Ash courage award and to have his brothers and his mom up there. is great, man. So it's good to see that. And, um, you know, you, one would only wish that one day we we'd had some type of bravery um, to that degree where, you know, people would honor what we've done. Um, and you, you're right. It's just a wonderful gospel picture um, from a young man who was a teenager, you know. So that's that's definitely pretty convicting. So appreciate that story, man. Appreciate that. And wanted to make sure we address that here on on the podcast. All right, so now we want to talk about what we're reading and what we're listening to. Every week we give our listeners some resources that we're reading or what we're listening to just so that you can have some extra resources in your library or um, hear about some of the stuff that we're just checking out right now. So, Silas, what is it that you're reading? What is it that you're listening to right now, man? All right, so real quick. Um, what am I listening to? My homie Jason just dropped a new project called Foreign, and I like that. Um, also, man, I, I mean, I've been talking to you some a little bit privately this week, but I feel like times in my life where I just don't feel like my affection for Christ is where I want it. John Piper's kind of a go-to and saying like, ah, I need to get back over to that Desiring God website and listen um, to some sermons and so kind of at night i've been making sure i'm listening to a little bit catching up with piper he's got a great series that he did at a church in south carolina that i've listened to and really just anything with him just kind of reminds me of um seeing this life for what it is and putting christ back in its prop his proper place what i'm reading right now man i'm kind of sad Jay, because we were having a conversation right before the podcast you tend to be more orderly and my life tends to look more chaotic but <laughs> yesterday in virginia we had this huge rainstorm right 
and I left the windows down in my 1998 uh, minivan, and I didn't even care about the seats being wet. Didn't care about the damage the car might have sustained. I was like, "Oh man, my Urban Apologetics is face down on the passenger seat." Of course, the book, right? (laughs) No, so I've spent today trying to like reposition it in the car when the sun's beaming to dry it out, so I can finish reading that. But the one thing that I'll commend to you as far as reading, if you guys, anyone listening to me, said I'm gonna read one thing that kind of puts last week into perspective. Uh, my wife wrote a blog, and I think it's the best blog that she's ever written. I always thought I was the writer in our family. I was a sports reporter for 15 years, actually paid bills as a writer. But um, just what she wrote was so amazing. And basically, it was just like a letter to everybody. Hey, to my black friends, will you walk with us as we as we learn what it means this week has meant? To my white friends, can we go to empathy first before logic? Um, to the police department, we know your job's hard. Like um, to Christians, like what are we gonna do? Like when are we gonna become one body? It was so beautifully written. I just thought she did a tremendous job. So um, she probably in here mad that I'm saying this right now, but um, like if I'm gonna commend one thing for people to read that week, it's gonna be that blog, and I'll try to tweet it out at some point. That's great. A link. Wow, that's great. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely add that link to the show notes. Let me find out the wifey is a writer, man. Okay. Like, yeah, like, I know. That's what's up. That's what's up. And look at you being all humble saying, I thought I was the writer in the family. I did hum- till that. Humble C last. Look at that. <laughs> um, so for me, what I am reading is a whole bunch of uh theological books and content actually preparing for my workshop uh which is about historical context in the bible so those resources have been pretty cool um just as a refresher a seminary refresher for me and uh i really appreciate just diving back into using exegetical tools i like equipping people and being able to equip people with tools to help them better understand the Bible all in all in. So that's kind of what I, that's what I've been reading, what I've been listening to. I've actually also been listening to some sermons, but one thing I've been listening to this week is uh commons glory with John legend. Uh, I think it's just prompted from last week and just, you know, dealing with all of that, that song was on repeat. Um, for several days this week, just, you know, just love the lyrics, love what it stands for in terms of activism and social justice. And, you know, it's quote unquote secular artists. But um, I think that that song gets it in terms of, you know, what we need to be striving for as a people. So enjoyed that. And then I also enjoyed a sermon from my pastor in Atlanta or former pastor in Atlanta, Louis Giglio who is um, the head of the passion movement and he just killed it. I mean, he was preaching on acts and he had, he's one, he's the illustration King and he had this great illustration with a bow and arrow and just talking about us being flaming arrows um, empowered by the spirit. And he was like, yeah, when you land wherever you land, 
he said wildfire should happen. And I was just like, wow, like fire needs to spread wherever I land. And it just like had this crazy impact on me because he had it on the stage. He had the bow and arrow on the stage and it was just a great illustration. So um, that's really stuck with me this week. I'll definitely add a link to that in the show notes as well. So that's what I've been reading and that's what I've been listening to. Is Louis Giglio an astronomer too? I don't know, man, but he loves astronomy. And I know he did that. Did you see the did you see the video of the mashup that he did with whales and stars and how great is our God? Nah, yeah, send it to me. Dude, that thing has like 1.2 million views and it is amazing. Amazing. Like I said, he's great at illustrations. He was preaching on a psalm that week and he just said, Hey, let me mash up whales, stars, and how great is our God to show you how how nature very nature sings God's praises, and it was great. It's awesome. So, Jay Rich, yes, sir. I might be the king of something have gone viral, and I'm like the one person in the world who hasn't seen it. You might you be like, that. You ever dude. see that one thing? I'm that dude. Like, nah, you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll put you on, man. I'll put you on. I definitely will send that. Now, I'll add that to the show notes now since we've mentioned it. So that's what's up. That's been episode 12 of the Boxing One Podcast. Thank you guys for joining us. We really appreciate you. Shout out to our other co-host who did not join us today because he's on the beach. But we definitely appreciate you, Jay Hart. Looking forward to to you being back next week with us so that we can talk some Kobe Duncan. That's the only reason I want you back, actually. Kobe, now I'm playing. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow. Uh, Thank you guys for joining us. Make sure you go over to iTunes and give us some ratings some reviews and also follow us on Twitter at Boxing One Podcast. Until next week, where we'll be doing episode 13. We'll see you guys then. Peace out.